In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Hey guys, we live in a day of followers. Everyone seems to be following something. By the click of a finger or the click of a thumb, you can follow someone on social media somewhere. But are you really a follower or are you actually a fan? Find out on this episode. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. We salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men Arena Podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host of today's show and the host of Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. Our heartbeat, guys, is to guide you inside the stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's episode. And, guys, I I wanted to take a special hour and record an episode that we've never recorded before, and I want to address our men in the arena army and, and let you know all the things that God did in 2022. We are a niche ministry. Uh, we are focused on men, which people don't like to focus on. And we're focused on Christian men, which is even a smaller little sliver of the big, the big pie here. And I'm pleased to announce that last year alone, 1.5% of Americans learned our name. Now, when you take 330 million Americans... And you look at that number, that's seven, five to seven million people. And so it's pretty cool. So many of those people call themselves followers of men in the arena. But are they really followers or are they fans? If you look at the followers of Jesus, the disciples, man, it cost them something. Peter, for three years, wandered and left his wife uh, at home while he followed Jesus. After Jesus rose again, 11 out of the 12 were killed for their faith. And and Paul, who's not numbered among the 12, was also killed for his faith. And today there are more and more martyrs killed for their faith than ever before in the history of the world combined. And so we have to ask the question, am I a fan or am I a follower? Now, I'm asking you there about Jesus, but when it comes to the men in the arena and it comes to our ministry, are you a fan or follower? here's, Here's the difference, guys. Fans take, which is fine. There's a season for that. Followers give. Fans tend to be passively involved. 
followers tend to be actively engaged. Fans, if you go to any sporting event, you'll know really clearly, fans are anonymous. Followers are known. They're in the arena. Fans cheer. Followers sweat. Fans are served. Followers serve. So as we go through the course of this podcast, we have some great stories to share with you, uh, live stories. As you can see, we have Ben Hindman on right now, wanting to just, uh, ready to speak. I, I just want you to say, hey, has this ministry impacted me and to what level? So you may wonder, who is Men in the Arena? Who are these guys? What is this organization? Well, we're a nonprofit, 501c3, faith-based organization. And our vision, guys, is to see a growing army of men who are becoming their best version in Christ, right? In Christ and changing their world. We believe this, guys. When a man gets it, everyone wins. And so if our mission is to see a growing army of men who are becoming their best version and changing their world, our mission, which is really our boots on the ground, is to inspire, equip, and mobilize men to transform their lives, the people they love, and the communities they impact. So that's what makes us tick. We measure everything based on three, I call them critical success factors. If you're a businessman, you would call them strategic objectives. We want to inspire. In other words, we want to see men engaged in our tribe. So right now, we've got millions of people who are engaged in our tribe. We want to equip men to experience a life change. So the next level, guys, is to move into this realm where you're being regularly equipped. And that's where we get our hero stories. You know, Ben Heinemann is on. He's one of our heroes. And in many ways, he's a hero. And he's going to share his hero story. We want to, thirdly, mobilize men to be transformed from followers into inspirational leaders. So our heartbeat, guys, is for you to go back into your families, go back in your community, go back in your world, and to change your world. I, I, I believe it's the rare individual that can change the world, but I believe every man can change their world. Here's a hero story that came in from Isaac on Instagram. He said, I've really struggled the past few years. I've been married over five years. Haven't been the husband I needed to be, and I struggle with apathy, indifference, lust, and lack of commitment. I feel disappointment in myself often, but just trying to teach myself that the Lord's love doesn't fade when I do. That's a powerful statement. God is showing me otherwise, even in my failure. Just want to encourage you that uh, you are making a difference to guys like me and that need to be a leader and want to be a leader. God bless you. That is such a cool story. And I don't know if you guys know this, and I've mentioned this before, but in January of 2022, we found out that we were Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. From December 20 to December 22, we have seen a nearly 400% increase in our podcast downloads. And so, guys, uh, we read the hero stories often to you, and, and some of them have come in that were really exceptional. And we've got Ben Heinman here. He's, uh, he's down in uh, southern Illinois. And uh, he wrote in about our podcast and our ministry. And I just wanted to ask him a few questions. I don't know what he's going to say. I hope it's good. So, ben, welcome. Hey, great. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I really appreciate you writing in. And, you know, uh, it's so, our, you know, we do things for our heroes, right? We want to see guys like you step into the realm of hero. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate hero, but but you're Absolutely. the hero in the story. Your your kids and your family, and they're looking to you. Your community's looking to you. Your church is looking to you. 
So first question, why don't you just take a couple minutes and uh, tell our listeners about yourself. You're one of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've been listening for uh, almost a year now. Um, I, I, uh, I had a lot of time at work. Um, I, my background was in law enforcement. I was a, a police officer for several years. Um, and about two years ago, had kind of switched gears um, and God led me into doing something else where I, I had a, a lot of time on my hands at work. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to do something to help myself grow. I need to, to, to press into the word more, press into worship, um, be learning, reading more books. And so this job ended up being a great opportunity for that. And uh, so I started listening to your, your podcast and just fell in love with it. Um, I listened to it almost every shift. That's awesome. Um, all the, all the old episodes, the new ones, just kind of bounce around, see whatever, you know, God lays me to listen to. Um, and they've been so many stories with so many guests you've had on there and yourself um, been so inspiring in so many ways. Um, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Oh, man. Well, sure. Appreciate it. Well, you shared how you heard about us. I guess the next question, and this is, I already know the answer to this, but but how did God use our ministry? Again, we don't want to take credit. You know, God puts us on display. We want to put him on display. Oh, yeah. But but how did God use our ministry to impact you personally? Well, I had when I had gotten out of law enforcement, um, I had I had had like I said a lot more time uh, on my hands, and so I got even more involved with my church. Um, I had um, it, it re- recently after that been put on paid staff there, um, had grown the head pastor, um, and um, finished a, a discipleship program that we have, and, and just really really pressed in with my relationship to the Lord. Um, because I had all that extra time, I was like, well, if I'm not going to be, be in law enforcement anymore, then I need to utilize this. Um, and through that, God really put on my heart a burden for the men in our, in our church. Um, but even, even bigger than that, men in general in this society and, uh, in our community. And because I, what I was, what I was starting to see, I was, I was raised in a, I have a phenomenal father. Um, and my, my mom is excellent. And so I, I was raised in a Christian home. And so I've got some phenomenal parents that had um, some really amazing ways of raising me. And I was incredibly blessed and fortunate to be raised in the household that I was mm. where everything was Christ centered and Christ first in, in all categories. And so um, with that background, I was seeing other men um, and, the, and the trickle down effect of, of the men is, is their, their families, their wives and their kids. Um, there was such a spirit of passivity yep. and lack of, of motivation and boldness and um, uh, this there's, there's no, no courageousness to it. Um, they were just like going through the motions um, and it, it was totally a miracle just out of the blue from God to just put it on my heart to, to want to see something change um, because of my background. I've always been a real go getter, you know, type of real, highly motivated, high discipline type of person. Um, and so when, when I applied that strategy to my relationship with the Lord, things just took off like a rocket. That's and right. so I'm, um, I felt such a burden for the men I was seeing around me, um, that, that didn't have the, the same, same passions. Um, and ultimately it was affecting their, their, their wives and their children, the families, the, uh, the church, the community, and it all trickles down. And I'm like, these guys need to, to, to be, to step into their role that God has them for godly masculinity to be the, the Kings and priests of their home and, and go after that with a, with a passion. And, and guys were, I was just seeing them miss the mark. Um, and, and God, God just put that burden on my heart. And when I listened to your podcast, you guys seem to have that same vision 
and had so many great things that I learned from it and, um, and how you guys lead your families and community and the ministry that you guys have. And it, it just, it, it broke my heart to see what I was seeing around me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I felt so unqualified. And so I just cried out to God. I'm like, Lord, I believe that you've put this burden on my heart and this is something that needs to change, but I'm not qualified for this. I don't have a, any type of background in preaching or ministry or anything. I'm just, you know, a country boy from Southern Illinois that was a, a cop most of his life. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. Um, but, you know, praise God that God doesn't give us dreams and visions and, and goals that fit our skill set. Cause then yep. what would we need God for? So um, I came to a place where I was like, Lord, I, I believe that you're calling me to do something to, to make a change in these, in these guys' lives. And, um, but, but I said, I was very vulnerable with the Lord and just said, Lord, I, I don't, I don't know how to do this. What, what, what can I do? Um, so I, I just had to be obedient, be led by the spirit and praise God. Things just started coming together. Um, I, I got with dad, dad's had this burden on his heart, um, for a lot of years as well. Um, and so I, I sat down with my dad and was like, Hey, we got to do something. Something's got to change. Um, so we, we, we got a game plan together. Um, went to the pastor and presented. He's like, oh yeah, that's what we need. Something, something's got to give. So uh, me and dad got on the horn and just started calling all the guys and was like, hey, this is what we're, we're believing God's telling us. This is what we want to do. Let's get everybody together. And so we all went out to a big breakfast and just started talking about it. We're like, hey, what can we do from this point forward? Let's put something on the schedule. Let's get together. This is, what is our mission going to be? What is our goals going to be? What changes do we want to see? Mm-hmm. And throughout all of that, um, it got ramped up so quickly. Every time that we've met, we've had more men come every single time. It's only gotten bigger and bigger. And the amount of feedback and responses we've gotten from the guys of having not only that fellowship, but that instruction and the, the, the teaching and the, the basic, basic principles that the guys had just never heard before. Um, and it's the, the accountability, the, uh, the being able to, to sit and pray with one another and be vulnerable and just get all these things out in the open and then have an attack plan to go after it. Um, it's just been absolutely incredible. And then through just the grapevine of, you know, rural America, um, <laughs> ended up talking to uh, a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a, several, several years, we had kind of grown up together and he got married and had had kids and hadn't talked to him in forever. Several weeks ago, ran into him out of the blue and started just sharing with him what was going on in my life and some of the things we were doing. And he just was like, bro, that's, that's exactly what I've been looking for. That's what I need. And praise God, all glory to God for this, because this had nothing to do with me, but he stood there and he goes, man, you've got something I want. You've got a fire and a passion in you. You're radical. And that just really, really blessed me and touched my heart. Cause I'm like, yes, if, if I've got that in me, glory to God, then I can hopefully present that to other guys and set them on fire too. And so that was a really touching moment for me. But after that conversation, he was like, Hey man, I need to get the guys from my church and we need to come over and meet with you guys. And we got to get together and grow this group. And so it's just been getting bigger and bigger that now we've got multiple churches in our community that are getting together for this. And I actually found out last week, this was really cool. My dad um, was actually at work, was having a conversation with somebody talking about um, 
our men's ministry and our, our groups we, we get together with. And this newer guy to the company, um, he had just been there, I think, just a couple of days. Um, he had overheard the conversation. To my knowledge, he's not a believer. Whoa. Had come like, hey, man, I'm looking for some guy fellowship to just get together and hang out with some guys. And what you're talking about sounds like so much fun. Can I, can I get in on this? And so we're not only having an impact on other Christian guys' lives and being able to raise them up and, and bring them into the calling that God has for them, but it's, it's already spider webbed out into such a way that we're getting opportunities to share the gospel with lost guys as well. And so I, I'm really excited to see what God is going to do in the future and how he's going to grow this. Um, and I, I, I want to see guys that, that live their lives differently. Yeah. I, I want them to have such a passion for Jesus and to not just go through the motions of life, but to, to run the race with endurance. And so that when they get to the end of their life and they're standing face to face with Jesus, they can hold their head up high and go, I know that I grabbed a hold of everything God had for me in this life and here. Well done. Good and faithful servant, man. I live to hear those words and I've already figured out what I'm going to say back to the Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, Luke 17, 10, and he's going to go, I know what it says. Why don't you tell me though? And it <laughs> says, when you've done everything you've been told to do, you are to say, we are unwilling servants. We've only done our job. Amen. So I've already worked it out, man. So I, I just hope I can hear those words, but Hey, Ben, thanks so much, man. If there's anything we can do over here on the West coast of Oregon to uh, assist your ministry, uh, if you need any speaking or any resources, let me know, man, any encouragement, love to partner with you. We're so excited to hear what God is doing in your life. And man, I really do believe that when a man gets it, everyone wins. So thanks a lot, brother. Have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an yep. honor. All right. Bye-bye. So guys, that was a powerful, powerful message from uh, Ben and how God is using him now, him and his dad. Now uh, his ministries become a, a regional, almost a regional ministry. Super, super exciting. Uh, I want to share a couple things about men in the arena, our organization that may be different than others like us. So you may follow three or four. If you're like me, you follow multiple uh, men or people on social media and uh, many have organizations similar to Men in the Arena, but we've realized that, generally speaking, there are several things that make us distinct from other podcasts and their guys doing men's ministry. And I want to I share this with you so that as you decide, hey, man, where am I going to resource uh, the things I care about? Here are the things I want you to consider. So number one is we don't charge for consulting. We have hundreds of people on a daily and weekly basis reaching out to us. Uh, we do not charge. I don't charge a monthly fee to have people Zoom in on a call where I coach and teach them. And the reason why we haven't done that is we've really tried to build a ministry around multiple, multiple, multiple volunteers. Like I'm listening to Ben right now speak, and I'm going, <clears throat> he would be a great uh, virtual national team leader, right? So we've got a team of virtual national team leaders uh, we've got a, a team of men who uh, run our arena forum. We're all, we've got a massive team of people who pray for our ministry regularly. We've got a team of people that give financially. We have people all over the country that are involved somehow in this ministry because we really want to have a ministry that puts Jesus as the star and not Jim Ramos or somebody else. And so that's one distinctive. The other one is, as I shared earlier, we are volunteer driven. So we... Um, I don't know if you know this, but we have a budget, this year's budget. Now think about this. 
This year's budget is $289,000 is the Men in the Arena annual budget. Now, that may sound like a lot to you, but realize that budget pays six staff people. So six staff people are paid, and then we have the leftover money we use for our operating expenses and resources and uh, marketing and that type of thing. So this is not, what I'm trying to tell you is this, we are not using a business model to equip you and inspire you to be your best version. We are using a ministry model, a volunteer-driven model, uh, a non-consultation uh, model, uh, a model that says, hey, we are, in fact, in fact, let me tell you this, I'm wearing right now a, our push-up challenge t-shirt. I just finished 65,000 push-ups two hours ago. This is what the shirt looks like. So we had 400 guys start the challenge. We had 41 men are set to finish, and we are sending each of those men a T-shirt for finishing. We are not charging them a penny for that T-shirt. They pay for the shipping. We send the T-shirt. One guy in the UK, his shipping was $52 just to get the shirt to him, and one of our volunteers stepped up and paid the fee so he wouldn't have to. So that we are a ministry. We are not a business. That's very, very important. I want to share one more hero story. This comes from Brent in Mississippi. He wrote, your podcast is an injection of Christian masculinity that I need. I currently am binge listening your podcast. Prayers and transformation for myself to be the best version to help my family and the most people I can for what really matters. Things that last beyond the grave start now. Hey, guys, I don't know if you know this, but when we launched this ministry in 2012, we launched it from scratch. We had no money, no nothing. And uh, as I shared numerous times, our house went into foreclosure. My 12-year-old son was wanting to do a paper out to pay for our bills. You know, I'm doing a men's ministry trying to help men to take care of their family. And my 12-year-old's wanting to throw papers so our house doesn't go to the bank. And it was a real humbling time. It was a trying time. It was a time where God gave me great faith. And I began to pray this prayer, and I'm, a, I'm not going to tell you what the prayer is, but I want to tell you the story. In 1995, I bought a VHS video, and I, and I learned to call ducks off this video. And the duck video was called The Art of Commanding Ducks. And I watched these long-haired, long-bearded hillbillies from the Deep South biting the brains of ducks to kill them after they shot them and teaching people how to duck hunt. These guys were... I, I don't know, frightening might be an understatement. These guys would made a, would have made Freddy Krueger turn and run. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, Michael Myers had nothing on these guys, right? So so these guys, I learned to call ducks from these guys, and then 20 years later, I'm seeing this show on TV, and these guys are outspoken followers of Jesus. And God took these redneck guys from Monroe, Louisiana, and made them a household name for Jesus. And so I began praying this prayer called the Duck Dynasty Prayer which was like, God, hey, if you can take Phil and Jace and Cy and all these guys and use them for your glory, you could do that with us too. So God, if you put men on the arena on display, we will put you on display. So we've prayed this prayer constantly for the last 10 or 11 years. And this year, I'm I shared this earlier, we have about 1.5% of Americans know our name, which is, uh, praise God for that. We Right now, uh, last year, we didn't even have TikTok. We decided to start a TikTok account, and we went from zero followers 
and we have 76,300 followers today on TikTok. We've had 17 vi teaching videos on marriage and masculinity that have had 100,000 views. We had four videos with over a million views. One of those hit 2 million. And last week, we had a video that hit 5 million people. So we're seeing God begin to unfold this story of him miraculously using our ministry. And uh, I've got a guy on right now. I'm really excited to have this guy on. He's a guy I just heard about two or three weeks ago. He wrote in to tell us about his story, and he's now plugged into one of our national virtual teams, and one of his leaders is actually a guy I coached in high school football. And so I want to have him share his story. John Bonds is his name. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Man, I'm My super pleasure. excited. I'm excited to have you on, man. Uh, your story was super encouraging. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, married, kids, where you work? Yeah. So um, I live in Southern Oregon. I have a wife and two kids. Um, just growing up in a, in a good Christian home. Um, obviously highs and lows in every family, but um, that's kind of my background. I live, yeah, Southern Oregon, and I am a diesel mechanic. Oh, really? One of our national team leaders is a diesel mechanic. Yeah. So wh whereabouts in Southern Oregon are you? Medford. Oh, okay. I was just hunting at the Oregon California border for Blacktail <laughs> just a oh, couple okay. weeks ago. Yep, that's, so that's right, my backyard. Oh yeah, that's funny. So hey, so so how did you hear about our ministry? So I found out about your ministry just searching through Google, Google podcasts, just listening to different podcasts and I was like, "Well, let's let's see what there is for Christian men podcasts." And that's I landed on men in the arena. That's so cool. That's really cool. So how did how has God used our ministry to impact your life so far? And and how did you uh, plug into our ministry? So I just kind of started binge listening to it and then heard about the teams coming up in September and signed up for that. And it's just helped me on a lot on my personal journey um, through some of my anxiety and just things I've dealt with myself. Um, so with that, and also really probably the biggest thing that's impacted me is getting my personal walk back on the narrow path with the Lord. Um, just daily devotions, prayer time, and just really seeking the Lord personally. Wow. Now I see a little small motorcycle thing back there. Are you married with children? Yes, I am. So how many kids? Yep. Two kids. And how long have you been married? We have been married 10 years. So are you starting to see any changes in your household because of the changes in you? Yes, I, I am. It's 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 subtle, but you can see the changes just just with each one of our walks and and my six year old son uh, proclaimed his faith in the Lord, which is awesome. And it's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's probably one of the biggest blessings. It's just like, well, now can we get my daughter there, but she's only forced, but it's, it's awesome. It's it. You could see the light. It's, it's funny how you just, just little things with them. And then finally the light clicks and still the light doesn't always click on, but he knows, which is good. And the spirit, the Lord's comforted me knowing that it was a sincere uh, uh, profession of faith. So, 
Dude, John, that is so encouraging, man. I thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. And listen, you are one of our heroes, man. You are the you are the guy that we're after. You are just your life alone is already impacting three lives. And can you imagine what's going to happen as mm-hmm. you continue to change your family and your community? There's probably some diesel mechanics out there that need Jesus. Well, I know there are. So. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> so, man, in fact, we should get you offline and connect you with one of our diesel mechanics in Baker City, Oregon. I think you'll really yeah. like him. So God bless, man. Have a great day. Thanks for being one of our heroes. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim, for that. Yep. So as you follow us on social media or you follow us on the podcast or you follow us because you've read one of my books, you may not know that we have five core values that drive our ministry. These are our guardrails. These are our boundaries. These really keep us in our lane. We're passionate about these five things. You may not hear about them in any other time, but right now they aren't on our website, I don't think. (laughs) But here they are. The first one is this. Most important is we are Christ-centered. In other words, And this is written in our values. Every month as a board, we go through each value. We read them out loud and we agree or disagree. And if, and we have to have a unanimous agreement to press on into the meeting. So here we go. We unapologetically trust Jesus Christ to protect, grow, and bless men in the arena. We'll stand up, speak up, and show up for Jesus, even to the point of ridicule, persecution, and death. And that is written in our that is written there. It's right there. We're willing to die for what we believe. Number two, we're biblically based. We believe the Bible is the infallible word of God that provides moral absolutes. Everything we speak, write, or represent will be biblically accurate to the best of our abilities and interpretations of scripture. And I want to share this with you guys. We just we've almost get, gotten rid of all these, but this is a Bible that we just selected as our new man Bible. This is a it's called an, a New Living Translation Filament Bible by Holman, and this is the coolest Bible. First of all, the first thing I did when I bought when I chose this Bible is I looked for the exclamation mark on John nineteen thirty, and it has it. I went with a New Living Translation, even though I personally prefer the New American Standard. This translation is easy to read, and the goal is to get men to read the Bible. So this is a great tool, and I like a physical Bible because I write in my Bible. So we want a physical Bible for men to write in. And this is cool because when you get this Bible, it comes with an app. So you go into your smartphone, you get the filament app. And you can scan over this entire Bible, and it acts as a study Bible online. It's it's an incredible, incredible resource. And we put this in our store because we believe so firmly in the Word of God. We want to be able to get the Word of God into guys' hands and into their hearts. So we believe in being a biblically-based ministry. Third, we believe in strategic partnerships. In other words, we believe in forming strategic partnerships with a diverse Christ-centered people and organizations around the world that ultimately put Jesus on display. So when I say diverse, I'm not saying diverse like the bumper stickers. I'm saying diverse as in men from countries around the world, uh, men men from different Christian churches. But we, we, we have a global vision, and to achieve a global vision, you need to reach a diverse group of believers and allow the wave to flow from there. We believe in organizational integrity. We believe in impeccable organizational integrity. We will be transparent in our financial dealings, ministry reporting, and verbal interactions. And as I shared earlier, we already shared our entire budget that pays six staff. Our records, our books are open to anybody who wants to look. We want to have complete 
organizational integrity. And fifthly, we want to be an organization of moral purity. We believe in living life that glorifies Jesus, guards those we love, and protects the organization for moral, sexual, and ethical temptation. So before I bring uh, our next couple on that's waiting patiently here, I want to read a hero story from Drew, and this is from TikTok. He recently wrote in and said this, I'm so grateful for you and your podcast. You help me see that I'm not alone in the battle. So thanks a lot for that, Drew. So when it comes to the podcast, I don't know if you know this, but to date, we've had 100 men or women from 158 countries around the world have downloaded at least one episode of the Men Arena podcast. 126 nations are represented in our Facebook forum for men. Our podcast has been downloaded in every state in the United States of America. And so that is a global vision, but we also believe in having a local impact. And there are certain things we do in our local community. We have a service every Wednesday night for men that we'd love to have anybody listening fly on in and hang out with us. In fact, it's going to happen here in a couple hours. And so excited to share about that. But I have some friends on the call right now, Alex and Marion and Pfeiffer, and they were my neighbors. And it's been cool to see God work in their lives. And so I want to introduce Alex and Marion to you guys right now. How are you guys doing, guys? We're doing good. Better than yeah. I deserve, that's for sure. <laughs> What's the temperature out there in Christmas Valley? We're uh, barely above freezing right now, but this morning it was four degrees. Wait, are you sure? It's yeah. not like 20-something? Yeah, four. four the, <laughs> and I work in that weather. so. Oh, yeah. wow. How are the livestock doing? Doing fine as long Stay as the water alive. as long as the water's thawed out, it's good. Yeah, they get nice thick winter coats and they're good. Yeah, We're gonna oh. have some steak next in the next few months. Oh man, I'm a vegan, so sorry, can't. I'm a, <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see that turkey I killed in Indiana two days ago? No, I didn't. Yeah, I killed what? a I killed my first eastern turkey. So it's too bad you're not my neighbors because you know I share. You oh. do, and that was the one of the perks of living next to you is. Handing meat over the fence. <laughs> it's like Tim the Tool Man, only I'm not handing tools. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, so, Al so Alex, Marion, you guys have a really cool story. Can you guys tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into your story? Uh, you know, what guys like to do is talk about ourselves. So sure, don't twist my arm too much. <laughs> For uh, sure. Hey, so, so yeah, I have a broken past. You know, when I was three years old, my dad left me and my mom and sister. Um, for another woman and i was lied about the reasons uh back then uh by my dad and, and so we went from living in a very upper scale neighborhood to on the streets basically learning how to work the system wow um looking back i'm surprised we were we were kind of plugged into a church and i'm surprised there was i don't recall much help on that end must have not been a good church <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we did have a lot of state assistance though unfortunately and and with that kind of background, uh, statistically, I should not be where I'm at today. Uh, I should be in jail. I should have been married multiple times, um, maybe even dead. That's for sure. Uh, physically dead and spiritually dead, everything. And uh, that's kind of what I was expecting because um, I kind of I was smart enough to pay attention to things like that mm -hmm. as a kid growing up. Um, I met Marion at a skate park back in Fort in Forest Grove in twenty. 2003 2003 yeah uh, i was writing for a skate company then and i happened to got on video the moment we met because i was making a skate video 
And he makes sure to blast it all over Facebook every year. Every, single every year, year every it comes year. through. Like, oh, there's that video again. I'm sure people are sick of seeing it. Which is, I feel, is a little embarrassing because <laughs> I don't dress that way anymore, and I don't talk that way. Anymore. Yeah, she had a she had a so. potty mouth. So, oh, I'm <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's how we met. Uh, got married in '08, and been married ever since. And about three years in, or more, maybe a little bit more, maybe four years in is when I, and the whole time I was a fake Christian. And let me back up real quick. When we met, I was pretty much homeless. I was living in my car. I was couch surfing. I don't know what she saw in me. I was a loser. And I can, couldn't keep a job because skateboarding was priority and drinking beer and party. That was it. But I have to say what actually drew me to you was the fact that all you wanted to do was talk talk I, all he wanted to do for hours he just wanted yeah. to talk with me and so, he was the first guy i'd ever met that just wanted to sit down and talk yeah i didn't want to go to third base already or anything it was just i wanted to get to know her show respect to get you a long ways and so uh anyway so we got married in 08 and we went from my poor living conditions to she gave me a reason to do a little bit better and and I already had a son at the time. I had a son when I was 17, 18, and I raised him myself too. Uh, his mother didn't show a lot of um, involvement throughout the upbringing. So at a young age, I already had to um, try to be a dad, but I wasn't really that great of a dad. I had anger problems and that didn't really start shining through until a few years after we got married and I started making poor decisions thinking, um, you know, if I just cheat on her this one time, nobody will find out. I'll take it to my grave. You know, Satan's telling me these lies that it'll be okay. You know, and if I just do this and get away with it, that'll be okay. Stealing, cheating, lying, you name it. And it wasn't at that point that I started getting angry because of all that, those secrets inside. And I took that anger out verbally on my son a lot, putting him down. And I'm surprised he turned out to be a great kid now. Or he's a, an adult now. He's 24. And so um, anyway, but so back about seven years ago, Marion knew. She knew something was up. And this is when we were your neighbor, new neighbors at the time. And she confronted me. And she would ask me straightforward, uh, have you been faithful to me? And I would skirt around it and answer it, not quite answer it. That was pretty much enough answer. She asked me, I don't know how many times. Yeah. But a no answer is pretty much an answer. And so she gathered up her things and kids and left. And at the time, we had two daughters. They were mm -hmm. really young. And she left for family members. She was gone for several months. This was my rock bottom point. Um, this was me sitting on my bed with my nine millimeter to my head, thinking mm -hmm. this isn't worth it. And no foundation, nothing solid to stand on. And it was the thought of my kids growing up the way with I did without a dad. I'm like, no, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving up on this. And uh, shortly thereafter, after she's been gone, I reached out to, I don't remember quite how it worked out. If I reached out or somebody re came to me with men in the arena at the time was a different name. And uh, I said, well, may as well give it a shot and started going. And man that that was such a fulfilling ministry that saved our marriage and i really i couldn't change her 
she couldn't change me, even though she's been praying for me for years before this happened. She was praying for God to soften my heart. And I had no idea. But this was the answer God had, was us breaking apart, falling apart. And while we were split, she was with another guy. And yeah, I have to say, I'm not proud of how I conducted myself when I was well, this, dealing with the hurt. This is and, Satan, you know, killing, yeah. stealing, and destroying. Yep, and prior, yep. just before we, before this breakup, Everybody was having nightmares. The children were having nightmares. She was having nightmares. The house was falling apart. The The finances weren't working out. And it wasn't until I got it. Everybody when a man wins. gets it. Everybody wins. Yeah. yeah. And I swear up and down by that statement every day. Um, I see what I have in my kids. The, the smiles on my kids' face now. They're, I don't deserve this for the man, the life I lived. Um, but ever since then, you know, and it's just been blessing after blessing since and it's not all been great god puts me in situations where i have to stand up and do things i don't want to do like lead a men's bible study um there was a man who i greatly admired in my church he was a wealth of knowledge and he passed away from cancer and he led our men's bible study and it came around that time of year again we we're supposed to start up men's bible study nobody was doing it so i was like gosh somebody else please do it <laughs> nobody's doing it so i'm like Fine, I'll do it. I don't feel equipped, but God feel is I feel like God's equipping me and using your um, your book along with the Bible. And I just love that it's 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 I see the difference in the men around me that are even older than me. Um and I I boast in my weakness every day. Yeah. Um in Second Corinthians twelve and my first time leading, I did by uh, Sunday school. We have an hour long Sunday school before church, and I had to, I was asked to lead that, you know. <laughs> and Marion brought up this image, and I said, "That is so me." Uh, John Wayne throwing that boy into the water. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I didn't want it. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so what was that movie? Was that movie called Cowboys? No, no, Hondo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's me. God throwing me in the water. It's like you got to do this, and so we. I've done a few Bible or. Bible studies and Sunday schools, yeah. and I've tried to fellowship whenever I can and minister to other couples. Um, some aren't very receptive, and I try to do what I can, but uh, and it's heartbreaking to see other marriages fall apart. Um, I'm just like, why didn't you get it? <laughs> well, I know it's not and that. So, it, I know. So, so Marion. So, I'm gonna turn to you, Marion. So, tell me about life now that he's gotten it. Like, tell me about the change. Real quick before she answers. Okay. So the game changer, what changed everything, and it was the scariest moment of my life was grabbing my wife's hand saying, let's pray. And when we prayed, that's when the dream stopped, the nightmares, everything started working together. Wow. We keep praying whenever we can. That is like, that is a, there's other, there's, um, what is it, euphemism or metaphor I've used about Satan. What happens to him is like a, knife to the face of satan <laughs> yeah so it's kind of graphic but i love it anyway marion go ahead that's pretty cool that's pretty cool so marion yeah. right. tell me about your life now that uh, your husband has gotten it what does it look like how's the marriage no how's how's everything going so see the smile <laughs> oh i can tell how everything's going already but <laughs> well i have to say um it is it is an incredible feeling to, I mean, like, 
I don't want this man to leave and go to work. I don't want him to leave the house. Like, I just want him to be by my side all the time. And before that definitely was not the case. Like I, it, I mean, before he got it, it was like, Oh, good. He's gone. Like I, I get to be away from him. Like didn't want to be around him. And, but now I just, I don't want to be even separated from him. And, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's an incredible feeling as a wife, as a woman to just really know that my husband wholeheartedly is in love with me. Yeah. So- and I didn't want to come home. I just was miserable. And now I'm eager to get off work and come home, give her a fat kiss and hug the kids and, <laughs> um, and God is so good and uh, just focus on him every day. And I see it in our kids. They love and uh, admire, worship God every day. I see it in their artwork. The kids, we have three girls at home still. My son's moved out. He's older, like I said. And um, just God is working marvelous things. It's just great every day. Just, yeah, not much else to say other than that. Well, I mean, and, and I see it. In the kids, there's a huge difference in these girls. It used to be they were full of anger. Um, It made it really hard to parent them. And um, now they're they're just full of joy. They're full of love, giggles, laughing. Um, They treat each other with respect now. These girls used to be at each other's throats. Um, and I've baptized so far two of my oldest daughters, myself, um, and we live in Christmas Valley and there's a reservoir called Anna Reservoir and our middle daughter is Anna. So she got, I baptized her in Anna's Re- Anna Reservoir and Lily's our oldest. I baptized her um, five years ago today. Actually, no, it was a few days ago. Oh yeah. And, it popped up in the memories. Yeah. yeah. And so um, my youngest, our youngest, Audrey, she's turning seven today. Oh, there's Anna. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. This is my munchkin. This is Anna. She got oh. baptized in Anna. Are Rosalind. you? Hey, are you respecting your parents? Yeah. Okay. Tell, do you love Jesus? <laughs> okay, that's she all. I, that's all. See what? That's all I care. Oh, her, <laughs> her artwork, all of her artwork, even at my work, when she comes and visits me, she draws on the whiteboard. I love God. Yeah, more than anything hey next time you're in mcminville you got to come and pick blueberries they miss you oh i bet they those bushes yeah. are big oh yeah. they're big there's plenty to go around so well hey you oh. guys i i see another shadow that's yeah. the birthday girl oh that's ha- happy birthday that's the same birthday as mine yeah, yeah it's Jim, jim's, birthday jim's birthday today too. too happy birthday thank you so anyway, much i i finally I finally got it and everybody's winning. Um, just the ministry has been a blessing, such a, as you can see. Well, Hey, so, I appreciate you yeah. guys. And I just, I'm proud of you, Alex. You've uh, man, you've just gone so far and to watch you doing a Bible study with a County commissioner is uh, and his birthday's tomorrow, by the way. Yes, it is. Yes. So yeah. make sure you tell him hi and uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Okay, Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, so guys, you may be wondering, hey, why after 600 episodes are you doing this now? Well, I've got five reasons. The first one is I never thought of it before. 
you get into your routine and you you figure, hey, we send you know twelve newsletters out every every month. We send a blog out every week. Uh, we're communicating constantly. But you know what? I think sometimes when you step back and look at the year that we've just experienced and then look forward to the next year and share that with our people. And so you're our people. So we're here sharing it. The second thing is the end of the calendar year. It's a perfect time of the year uh, to celebrate. Uh, it's also a perfect time of the year because uh, this is the time to give before the tax year is over. So we want to ultimately ask you to pray about contributing to this ministry in some fiscal or physical form. And then we have a need. And so whenever there's a need, it's important to ask. And this time of the year, our board of directors is establishing a course for 2023. And we want to tell you a little bit about that. So a couple more metrics I want to share with you guys. In December of 2020, we have grown to 27,800 followers on Instagram. That's an increase of 570 seven percent in two years so that's astronomical our content currently is reaching 148,000 people a month so that's pretty cool so brian from canada wrote in recently and he said this he said i want to say thank you for your podcast and your books and the example uh, of constantly seeking christ and how that has changed my life thank you for your leadership and so uh, we are super grateful for that comment and I'm going to share a personal story with you. Uh, we don't have this person on, on the phone today. And this really isn't um, men in the arena directly. But my wife and I just celebrated 30 years of, of marriage. And we went to Greece for two weeks. And I remember getting on the plane saying, you know, honey, this is going to be about us. You know, we're going to eat. We, we didn't buy any groceries. We ate every single meal out for two weeks. It was glorious. Greek food is amazing. And I said, but I said, you know what? Let's be on the lookout for those God moments. God might have some moments for us, man. I'll tell you what, Diddy. We were in a pastry shop, uh, sitting outside eating pastries and having coffee. Uh, people around us, all the Greeks are smoking. You know, a lot of smoking going on over there. And this gal walks up and she says, "Hey, uh, is this where I go eat?" And we said, "Yes, it is." And she recognized our American accent and she said, "You're Americans. I'm an American." So she went in. She got her pastry. She sat down right next to us and started talking to us. We began to engage her in an hour and a half long conversation. And she shared her story, how she lived in upstate New York. She uh, came home from a, a work trip and her husband was making dinner for his girlfriend. She divorced him, sold the house, and she's been traveling the world for the last two years. And through her journey, she began to have a series of dreams of a white stallion. And then on numerous occasions, she saw this white horse like, Face to face, she ran into this white horse in three different locations around the world. Well, she didn't know the meaning of this and why she was having these dreams. So she approached one of her friends who was a Christian, and the friend said, this horse represents Jesus. If you read the book of Revelation, uh, the white horse represents Jesus. This gal gave herself to Christ. She gave her life to Jesus last March. So we're talking to a 50-plus-year-old woman who's a brand-new Christian who's been traveling the world alone for two years. And she's telling this. So after an hour and a half, my wife and I, we said, hey, can we pray for you? She said, I would love it. So we put our hands kind of on her shoulder, and I like to have my wife pray over women. And Shanna prayed this beautiful prayer over this gal. And when we're praying, God gave me a Bible verse. So we get done, and the gal's emotional, uh, pretty powerful prayer. And I said, you know, I've got a Bible verse for you. She said, well, what is it? I said, well, it's a really obscure verse out of Isaiah chapter 30, 29, I think it is. And I said, it says this, 
whether you turn to your left or to your right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. She started weeping, highway, you know, tear tracks down her makeup, weeping. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. What? She said, for the last month, she's, I, I don't know what, it, what God's, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I don't know anything. I'm a brand new Christian. But for the last month, I have this phrase that keeps repeating in my head over and over and over again. Well, what's the phrase? She said, the phrase is, just look to your left and to your right. So how cool is that? We're in, on the island of Crete in Greece, and we run into this woman, and God just gave us a moment. It was so, so cool. So I'd love sharing those stories. We've got a couple other stories from Greece that we'd love to share. I might share one of you be one before we leave. But when I when I talk to you today, I want to talk to you about this critical financial target that we're trying to shoot at as an organization. In 2023, we've got some wonderful, wonderful goals and objectives. One of the main things that we're looking to do right now, uh, like I said, our annual budget is $289,000. That pays six staff. One of the, our staff is our digital marketing consultant. She's a part-time employee. We want to bring her to full-time. And to do that, it's going to be $24,000 a year extra over and above the budget. And that's what we're wanting from our followers. We're trusting God that men and women from around the world will step up and say, hey, we really want uh, to support this ministry, and we want to support this specific cause of bringing this this marketing consultant on full time to drive this this ministry even further. So, uh, here another hero story came in recently. It said this: I've started uh, to I've started the book. Tell them with my family. Tell them is the free online resource that we offer. Uh, the book is called Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. This man writes: I've recently started using your book. Tell them with my family during dinner. It's led to some great conversations. My kids enjoy hearing about their parents and appreciate sharing our experiences with them. The questions they ask are insightful and remind us of how important these discussions are with our family. It has grown us much closer as a family. Thank you, Brandon, for sharing that. I want to tell you one more thing about tell them what great fathers tell their sons and daughters. So we put that online just a, uh, several months back. And since we put that online, 1,925 men have downloaded it, which means Potentially 2,000 men are having daily conversations with their kids that they wouldn't have had. That number alone is 6,000 people right there, potentially. So we're super excited about that. And so I want to invite you to come on board with us, to move from a fan of Men of the Arena to a follower. Uh, and in humility, uh, there's a couple things we really, really would covet from you. The first thing is we've got a massive prayer force or army. And we would love to have you join our prayer force. If you just email us at info at manarena.org and say, add me to the prayer force, we will do that. And you'll receive four newsletters a year that are all electronic. And uh, we'll, we'll hit you with those four. And just it's just a way for us to communicate with our prayer force people. Hey, please, please, please be following, be, be praying for us. The second thing you can do is on April 15th, we have our annual fundraising banquet. We do one fundraising banquet a year. We're looking for $500 table sponsors. We're looking for people who are willing to donate vacation homes, vacation rentals, some kind of trip. Or if you're a craftsman and you've got some kind of skill set that would that you could make that would benefit our ministry, man, we would love to get your help in that area. We're looking for at least 50 silent auction items and about 15 live auction items. A lot of those we have, but um, the more the merrier, right? And the last thing I want to ask you to do is this. I want you to prayerfully consider 
giving back if this ministry has helped you, uh, becoming a monthly financial champion. And we call them financial champions because they champion the cause of men in the arena. And one-time gifts are outstanding. We really uh, covet the monthly donor, whether it be $10, $20, $40, uh, whatever it may be, we covet having monthly partners generating uh, the mission of the men in the arena. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Hope you stayed till the very end. We're almost done. I have one more hero story, and uh, this is from Josh. He said, I've been hungry and searching, and my family has been patiently waiting for me to step up for a long time. Your podcasts have been an answer to prayer. I haven't felt good listening to a single one, and I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. He said, I love it because I'm feeling the Lord's conviction every single lesson. Keep up the great work, guys. So if you want to partner with us and you want to give, just go to the website, menandarena.org, in the top right corner. There is a tab that says donate. Make sure you click that click that donate button and you can follow the rest. It is very, very easy. So I'm going to end with one more hero story that happened to my wife and I in Greece. It's really, really cool. And I'll share this with you. So we're in Greece. We're at a restaurant and we're sitting in this place with a bunch of people. And we watched this French guy try to parallel park. And it was just a disaster. And my wife and I are laughing at him and just watching the disaster because, I mean, we've all been there, right? You just can't seem to make that parallel park happen. And uh, the couple next to us started talking. We realized they're, they're American. So we engaged them in a conversation. She was, uh, there, were, there was a young couple, about 30-something years old, their mid-early 30s, and they had a little child, a little boy. And I noticed he was on a feeding tube, uh, and he was being fed by his grandmother. So when the grandmother looked at us, she saw a hat I was wearing that was similar to this. And she said, are you guys Christians? And we said, well, yes, we, well, we're not Christians, but we love Jesus, you know, a type of thing. So everybody's a Christian, but, but we love the Lord. And she said, I knew it. I knew it. And we began to talk and, and they shared their story with us and they got married before COVID broke out. And this was their honeymoon. Well, since the COVID outbreak, they had this son. The son had massive complications. The mother in childbirth almost died. The, the, the son that they gave birth to will be on a feeding tube all of his life, God willing, a miracle. He's also deaf, and he's going to be completely dependent upon his parents for his entire life. Again, God willing, a miracle. But they decided they're going to live their life. They took their son. They took their grandmother. And here they were in Greece on a vacation on the island of Paros. And as we were talking... The, 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 the mom, the, the mother of the, the baby boy was sharing that she had lost her job in the public school and she got a job in the Christian school and they were learning about Christianity and trying to figure their faith out. Well, they asked me, well, what do you do? I shared with them about men in the arena and the, the young husband got really serious. He said, hey, oh, I need to follow you. I said, I'll do better than that. You give me your, you send me an email and I will send you uh, one of my books for free. Well, I got back to America. Lo and behold, here's this email from this guy. Sent him a book. And I said, you know what? Where do you live? He said, well, I live in, in Las Vegas. I said, well, you know what? Uh, there's a home church there that just started, and they support our ministry with a monthly gift. And two of the leaders are very involved in our ministry. So let me do an email introduction, and let's see what happens. So I did the email introduction, and I didn't hear anything back for about two weeks. Well, I got a phone call two weeks later from one of my uh national leaders who happens to live in Las Vegas. He's a 30 something guy and he's involved in this home church. He said, Jim, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, 
I was mowing the lawn and this guy walked by with his dog. Now, let me say this before I go any further. In the Las Vegas metro area, there are 2.3 million people living. So he continues, said, I'm, I'm outside mowing my lawn. This guy walks by with his dog. He says hello. We start talking. And, and, and in the course of conversation, he tells me his name. And I said, man, were you, you on Greece and met a guy named Jim Ramos? He said, yes. And my buddy said, I'm the guy that did the, was involved in that email introduction. I mean, can you believe this, people? It's just unbelievable. So so I meet this. We meet this couple on Paros, Greece. They go back to Vegas. My email introduction didn't work. And out of 2.3 million people, he meets my national leader, plugs into their church, and is now involved in one of our national teams. I mean, it's just it's so cool to see what God does when we are obedient to him. And that's really the question today. Is God asking you to get involved in men in the arena beyond being a great fan? Is he asking you to really follow our ministry with sweat equity, with fiscal equity, with resource equity? Uh, you know, that I don't know you, you don't know me, and I'm not putting the pressure on you. I'm just asking you to give menarena.org, top right corner, hit click donate, reach out to us at info at menarena.org. Appreciate you listening to this episode of the Men Arena Podcast. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Smell the stench of battle. Taste the sweetness of victory. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out and be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.